0: I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. If you are out and about today or in your car walking around, definitely give this episode a listen, but I think you'll want to listen again when you have the ability to write some notes down. This is such a juicy episode about not just Instagram, but social media, including TikTok and Facebook and how to grow on there in a really massive way. Lexi Harrison from Crowded Kitchen joins me inside this interview, and she talks about a strategy that she and her mom, they blog together, and her husband is also part of their team. It's a strategy that they all used to grow their Instagram account from 217,000 followers to somewhere around 800,000 followers in just a few months. They took the time to sit down and really study what was working on Instagram before they made a strategy for themselves. And they spent months perfecting the strategy until it just worked. This is really new stuff that I've never heard before. Lexi even warns us in the episode not to read articles about how to grow an Instagram because so much of those articles are outdated. Instead, experiment and observe and see what works. And you can start with the advice shared here in this episode and kind of build your strategy around that. I predict that this is going to be a top episode of 2024. It is so good and juicy. I hope you love it. It is episode number 497, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hello there, food bloggers. Are you wanting to tap into additional revenue and improve your site experience for your users? If you're saying yes to all of this, then Chicory might be a really great fit for you. Chicory is a leading monetization platform for food bloggers, enabling you to integrate highly relevant, shoppable ads into your recipe content and earn revenue from top CPG brands. Chicory's hyper contextual ads and shoppable technology will help you improve your site experience and engagement, allowing your readers to go from inspiration to checkout in just a few clicks. Enjoy easy installation and ongoing access to the Chicory team at zero cost to you. Chickery Chicory makes it easy to track your earnings, optimize your blog content using Recipe Insights, and connect with its team. Here is a testimonial from a happy Chicory user. Quote, cooking and baking is my passion. Chicory makes it simple and easy for me to share that passion with the where is my spoon audience, providing a seamless purchasing journey for my readers and an effective monetization model for my blog. End quote. That is from Adina Beck, from where is my spoon? Head over to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources, scroll down to the chicory logo and click that button that says learn more about chicory. Or you can go to chicory.co forward slash food bloggers to learn more and to sign up. Now back to the episode. Lexi and Beth are the mother-daughter duo behind Crowded Kitchen, a mostly vegetarian food blog. In addition to creating recipes, photography, and videography for Crowded Kitchen's social media and website, Lexi and Beth also create freelance content for many food and beverage brands. Hello, Lexi. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been three years. We just checked and that seems crazy, so it's good to talk to you again. We're going to talk about just your social media growth, specifically Instagram today, and we'll dig into TikTok and Facebook a little bit as well. But before we get into that, do you have another fun fact to share with us?
1: So I'm hoping this isn't the same one that I shared three years ago, (laughs) but it it might be, but that's okay. It's probably, you know, it's been three years. It's been a while. So um, my fun fact is that my family hosted seven exchange students over the years so every year when i was well not every year but most years when i was growing up we had someone living with us for about a year and it was a really cool experience for me growing up and i have seven sisters living all around the world now so that's that's my big fun do fact do you stay in
0: touch with all or most of them
1: most of them a couple of them came to my wedding a few years ago and i you know some of them were here when i was in first, second grade. So those ones I don't keep in touch with quite as much, but um, a few of them were here when I was in high school. So we're closer to the same age, which is really nice because you know they're, they're really like my sisters. So it's it's been very cool. Oh,
0: that is so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Just like extra sisters you get now, right? Yes, definitely. And they're yeah. all girls? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. All
1: girls, which is nice because I have two brothers. So it was nice to have a sister in the house. Oh my
0: gosh. That's perfect. I love that yeah. so much. Okay. I don't think that, I don't remember that. So I don't think that was your other fun fact. All right. <laughs> okay. So to preface our conversation today, would you mind just telling us a little bit about your blog?
1: Yes. So Crowded Kitchen, we launched in 2017. Um, we actually had an Instagram account, I think starting in late 2015 when I was still in college. Back then we were superfood runner because I ran track and cross country in college. And I co-founded Crowded Kitchen with my mom. We have pretty much always worked together since I think pretty much like three months into starting my Instagram, we started working together and I moved to New York for one year after graduation and then we decided to take Crowded Kitchen full-time. So I moved back here to Michigan and now my mom and I work full-time and my husband also joined the team back in, i must have been 2021, I think it's been a couple of years now. And yeah, we, uh, you know, we specialize in social media content. We have our website came along much later. Usually, you know, I think most people start with a blog and then move to social media. We were kind of the opposite. And we also do quite a bit of content creation, freelance work for other brands. So we're constantly doing photography and videography and now social media content as well. So kind of all over the place. You know, <laughs> yeah, I like
0: how your story is a little bit backward. I mean, not backwards, but you know, like reversed from what the norm is in our industry. Uh, I always I don't know why, but I always love it when people start with Instagram and then they realize they should maybe start a blog and yes. it just seems kind of cool. So you have kind of figured out this new strategy recently within the past year, right? for Instagram. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, just since May.
0: Okay. So you were stuck at a certain number of followers and then you just decided what did you think like we have to try something different? What yeah, and was it you and your mom together? How did that go?
1: Yeah, so we I'm sure many people can <laughs> identify with this. We'd grown a lot in on social media when we first started. I mean, you know, that was back in 2015, 2016. It was obviously a completely different place, completely different algorithm. And we'd grown our account to a little over 200,000. And then we were completely stuck there at like literally at the same exact number of followers for over two years, I think. And that was, you know, this was basically 2020 through, through May of 2023. And we'd focus on some other stuff in the meantime. We really have been doing a lot of content creation for other brands. So that had been a really big part of our business. And we were also working on our website a lot, but we just kind of got to the point this May where we were like, you know what? Other people are doing this. Other people are going viral. You know, there has to be a way to do it. We got really stuck in the mindset of, oh, you know, I guess it's just never going to happen. I guess the algorithm hates me, like nothing that we do does well. You know, even though we're creating this content that we really believe in and we think is good quality, it's just, it wasn't getting seen by anyone. And it was very, very frustrating. But my husband actually, who in the past has been done more so you know, behind the scenes stuff, financial related, you know, all all that kind of fun stuff. He decided to take a bigger role in our social media strategy. And so he honestly just spent probably like a full week, basically just studying videos on Instagram and TikTok and trying to find some kind of common thread between them as to why, you know, the ones that were going viral as to why they were going viral, what were these different factors that were clearly making a difference for people. And then we tried to figure out how we could make that work for us. So we basically were just thinking about it for a little while. And then we just dove right in and we came up with our new strategy, which obviously I'll go into a lot more detail about that. And it, we were very fortunate. It worked immediately for us. Our first video with that strategy, I think it was over 6 million on Instagram, 6 million on TikTok and like 650 or something on Facebook. And pretty much since then, it's just been a steady stream of of our content picking up on the algorithm. And we've grown our audience on Instagram almost to, so we were at 217,000 when we started this, and now we are at 853. So we're getting close to almost 650,000 new followers in the last seven or so months. And then we've gained, uh, I think, about three hundred seventy-five thousand on Facebook, and maybe two hundred sixty thousand or so on TikTok. So it's really, and we've had, you know, several videos go super viral, and it's just impacted our business in so many different ways. And so my whole thing is, first of all, well, there's several things, but (laughs) the first thing is that we've actually replicated this with two other clients, so we know that it's not just a fluke, and we also you know, we were in that mindset before of, you know, there's nothing we can do about this algorithm. Nothing that we ever do is going to work, but we were able to make it work. So that means that anyone can do it for sure. Cause we were stuck for two years. So that's my, my big thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. A lot of us, if not most of us can relate to that, just being stuck, no matter what the number, like sometimes for some people it's 2000, for some people it might be even less for some people, you know, like you guys around 200,000 and that is so frustrating, right? Cuz then you just accept it. You're like, "Okay, well, I guess this is our lot in life. We are going to be this follower, this number of followers forever." But it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Right. And even though we had 200,000 followers, you know, our posts were only getting 20,000 views or something. So it, it you know, it was just, you know, you put in so much work and then to only have 20,000 people see it when you've built that following. It's, you know, and it's the same with somebody who has maybe 5,000 followers. If they're only getting 800 views, it's just, it's very frustrating. We get it for
0: sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're all dying to know (laughs) what is your strategy? Tell us.
1: So there are a lot of different factors to this. And I'm just going to preface this by saying that it's definitely different for each person because since we started, you know, working on our own strategy, we've also been consulting for a good friend in the social media space. And she's also exploded in growth. And then we also started managing one of the brands that we do freelance content creation for. We started managing their social media in September and have also seen pretty crazy growth for them too, which for a brand I think is, is really, it's, I mean, you know, it's completely different for a food brand than it is for a content creator. So so it's definitely been a completely different strategy for all three of these cases, but I'll just kind of go into detail about our strategy specifically. And a lot of this has been refined over the last seven or so months. We've it took us probably five months to really figure out what our thing was. So that's my first thing that I want to say is that everyone is gonna have a different content strategy. Before we started doing this, you know, we would try to do, you know, these viral recipes and you know, see if but those don't work. Like it just doesn't work. Like you might get one hit where you get a couple million views, but at the end of the day, you need to be creating content that is unique to you. And that is going to make somebody want to follow you. You know, if you're just doing trends, like everyone else is also doing trends. So that doesn't give people an incentive to follow you or to really engage with your content. That's not to say that it's never a bad idea, but I think for like, if that's your only strategy, I really don't think that works. So our particular strategy, our particular niche over that we've realized over the last seven months, our thing is doing cool things with produce. So, you know, we figure that out through trial and error, like all of the best content that we've had has been related to produce. So we had this, um, three ingredient mango sorbet that has like 56 million views on Instagram and some other, you know, a bunch more on TikTok and Facebook. We have these Parmesan crusted Brussels sprouts that have, I think, close to 30 million. And really, so everything that we've done that's done really well has been produce related. So that's what we've realized is our thing. Another client that we consulted with, her thing is Greek recipes. She's Greek. So we, uh, you know, we consulted with her and we were like, what if you just really lean into your Greek heritage and you become the person to go to for Greek recipes. And that's exactly what's happened for her. The brand that we create content for, the brand is very much, you know, it's, it's basically just like really easy, simple, low budget recipes, and that's been their thing. So it it really is different for everyone. So I just want to preface this by saying that, but then, you know, apart from the actual content strategy, there's a, a bunch of different things that you can do right away with your actual videos that make a huge difference. So, bear with me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we are bearing with you. Yes, you want to hear. It. <laughs> so, the first thing
1: is the, <laughs> the first thing is that I wouldn't really trust most of the articles online that are telling you what you should be doing on Instagram and TikTok because a lot of them we've found have outdated advice. So, anything about hashtags, we have not used a single hashtag on Instagram since we started this and it clearly has not affected us. That said, I also see people that are using hashtags and they're doing really well. You know, any of that traditional advice that we were trying to follow, none of it made a difference for us. And so I would say if you're really looking to to get more views, I I really think the best way to do it is to just study other viral videos and and see what's going on there. So our first thing that we changed was the actual style of the videos and the style of the setup. We realized that a lot of the best performing videos have a little bit more of a lifestyle setup so not you know before we were re- using our photography backdrops it was kind of sterile and looked like a photography backdrop especially when you're using your iPhone and we were seeing a lot of these videos you know they had like a plant in the background or like they were in it somebody's kitchen a very like natural environment and much more casual so we basically just set up our own little setup it's not that fancy we just have a table that we use for shooting and we have some plants in the background and we put some other you know cute little props around but it feels a little bit more homey than what we were doing before which was just you know a white backdrop and something else behind it so that's the first thing you know the next thing i would say to focus on would be You know, really figuring out the style of video and editing because it's very different from if, you know, a lot of bloggers are doing hands and pans kind of videos for their website. And I see that sometimes still on social media too. And unfortunately, that's just not what does well. And it's really about these shortcuts. We only ever use our iPhone, which was really hard for me at first because I'm a photographer and videographer at heart. And so to do this really casual iPhone content was, you know, it feels like it's, it's just not what I want it to look Mm. like, but the reality is that's what does well. So we're very casual about how we film the content, but we are taking a bunch of different angles. So my husband does the filming. I do all of the actual cooking and the hand modeling and he is constantly changing the angle of the phone. So, you know, we'll get one shot where we are okay, starting to pour the broth or something into the pot. And then halfway through pouring, he'll say stop and then he'll move the camera and then I'll keep pouring and he'll like do a slow zoom or something. And then, you know, it seems like a lot when you're filming it, but you're really only using like 0.8 second Mm -hmm. clips when you're actually editing. So it's really about having those quick clips, which at first seems like, can anybody even understand what's going on in this video? but. If you do it the right way, you can. And the idea is honestly to get, you know, people have short attention spans, like you need to get them hooked and you want them to watch it again. So it's, you don't want it to be so fast that they don't know what's going on, but you want it to be fast enough that they'll watch it from start to finish and then maybe even start it again. So that's really important. And it definitely takes a little while to get used to that editing style. But again, I think just from watching other people's content, it's it's not too, too bad to figure out.
0: How long are you, like how long is a typical reel for you guys?
1: So it depends. We've found that probably our most successful ones are around 20 seconds, but you know, it it varies because we did this series in December That was um, a recipe advent calendar. And so every single day, well, from the 1st through the 24th, every single day we posted a new recipe. We took it out of our recipe advent calendar. It was a whole thing. Um, And those videos, because of the format, ended up being probably closer to 40, 45 seconds. And they still did well, too. So I think it's more about the type of content and about how it's filmed and how it's edited. You know, you can still fit... A, a many, many clips into a 40 second video. It's really just about keeping people engaged and not having a five second pouring clip. You know, yeah. that's not what people want to see. Like you don't need to show pouring everything in. You can show pouring in the salt for 0.5 seconds and that's enough to get the idea of what you're doing. Okay.
0: So kind of using intuition a little bit and for just sure. keeping up with what's engaging and not like I have to stick at 20 seconds. It doesn't have to be like that
1: no it doesn't and some people you know you can do a 5 second video and that might get 10 sure. million views you know it's it really is dependent on the content for sure okay we've gotten a lot more lax about that as we've gone on because we've re- like at first i was like oh no if we post something longer than 20 seconds it's not going to do well and that's just not the case and jumping actually to tiktok quickly they are actually majorly prioritizing long form content now i think that they are trying to compete with YouTube for long form content to get more uh, advertisers on there. And so if there's a creator, what is it called? It's called the creativity beta program. I think it's different from the creator fund that they used to have, which they actually got rid of um, a couple months ago. And basically if you have, I think it's over 10,000 followers and you post a video over 60 seconds, you make money from it. So That's what we've been doing on TikTok and it has been doing very well. So that's a completely different strategy and I can go into that more if that's of interest. But our editing strategy on TikTok has definitely become a bit different than it is on Instagram.
0: Let's take a quick break friends, to chat about my favorite keyword research tool that I have found so much success with. Rank IQ is a custom keyword library packed with low competition keywords that are easy to rank for and that also have high search volume. With the emergence of AI and question marks hanging over that topic, as well as the Google updates and algorithm changes that happen seemingly weekly, it is so smart to find a way to get steady traffic that will continue to grow over time. Including RankIQ in your keyword research strategy is such a good way to future-proof your blogging business, and here are a few additional things I love about it. The keyword research tool provides so many great ideas for content that support my existing database of recipes. Whether you're a new blogger or a seasoned blogger, it can help add quality content to your blog. Also, it saves me a ton of time. I can typically get a new post kicked out in two hours, often even less than that. And I don't ever have to guess about how successful a keyword will be before spending hours writing about a post on the topic. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and see for yourself how awesome it is. Now back to the episode. If you have anything else about Instagram, can we cover that and then we'll go back to TikTok? Yep. So
1: there's several other things, but I would say that the big other pillar that I think is really important, it doesn't always, you don't always have to do this, but I have found that the best way to build an audience and especially to build a loyal audience is to do some kind of series. So, we it's just a, it's a great way to organize your content around something and we've we've noticed that our biggest boosts in followers have come from when we're doing these series because people want to come back and they want to see the next recipe. So, for example, we've done the advent the recipe advent calendar series that gained us I think like 150,000 followers just last month. And none of the videos did insanely well, but it was just, you know, people wanted to come back and and see what, what we were going to post the next day. My friend who we advised who's doing the Greek recipes, she's been doing a Greek recipe series since I think like August, maybe. She's gained I, probably about 600,000, similar to us, basically. And that's just from a couple of viral posts. So, you know, she's... Oh not even having some that are going crazy, crazy viral, but she's still gaining this incredible audience. So that is what I would say is really important for audience growth. It has to be something that makes sense for your content. And so when it comes to choosing what you should do for a series... Know, it, it takes a little bit of reflection to look at your content, see what has resonated in the past. And sometimes you can also look at what you have on your blog that's done well. For us, our top for performing posts on our website is a post about how to infuse alcohol with different fruits and spices, whatever. And so we did a series on that this summer. That was actually our first post that went viral. And it was huge for us. A bunch of them got, you know, 5 million plus views. And we gained a big following from that. So it's really just about figuring out what makes sense for you. Um, I think a lot of people are doing series now, but I don't really think it's oversaturated yet. I still think it's a really great way to just organize your content and give people an idea of what you're all about. And you don't have to just stick to that. You know, you don't, we're, We did that Advent series in December, and obviously on the 24th it was over and we're moving on. And now we're doing a salad series. But that's also not all we're doing. We're we're doing one-off posts that are unrelated because it's important to do that too. But it's just a it's a good idea to do something like that to to give your content some kind of theme. Yeah. So that is something that I think is important for sure.
0: <laughs> so when you do the one-off posts, do you sprinkle them into the series or do you wait until the series is done?
1: Yep. So you can sprinkle them in. You could run a series for a year and post okay. once a month or once every two weeks. Um, it does not have to be very frequent. Um, there. I mean, I do not claim to know anything about the algorithm. I wouldn't trust anyone saying anything <laughs> about the algorithm unless they actually work at Instagram. But it does seem, from you know, from what we've seen on our profile, that. there's something in the algorithm that that knows when you're posting a new episode on your series and it seems to bring people back. They just seem to pick up faster than our regular content. So don't quote me on that one. but, (laughs) But I do think that helps for sure. And we've noticed that on TikTok as
0: well. Okay. So with the series, does it have to be a certain length? And then also, how do you tease? Like, how do you let people know that you're doing a series?
1: So it does not have to be a certain length. We've done, you know, we've done a series that was the alcohol infusion one. I think we ended up doing maybe 16 or 17 episodes across four months and the advent calendar was every day for 24 days. The salad one that we're doing now, we'll probably do about 10 over two months. So it really can vary. And then Inter- well, so it's, people do it differently. Some people, if you're really organized and you actually have all of your content filmed with it, which is most definitely not us, you can do a cool teaser video where, you know, you're just showing different clips of the recipes that you're going to be sharing. And you're just explaining what the series is going to be about. Um, I've seen some really cool ones like that, but if you're really unorganized, like we are, you can just dive right in. We will just say. Welcome to episode one of our Recipe Advent Calendar, a series where we're going to be sharing you know, new holiday – I can't remember exactly what my wording was – but new holiday recipes that our family loves every day now until Christmas, and then you just dive right in. And that's where you can really use the caption to go more into detail.
0: Okay. And then in each uh, reel in the series, do you mention that it is part of a series, I'm assuming?
1: Yes. Yeah, it will always – say at some point, I don't necessarily always lead off with it because the hook is really important in the video, but usually by the second sentence, I'll say, welcome back to episode two of et cetera, et
0: et cetera. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Anything else about
1: the series? Not about the series, but another really important thing that we've realized is that captions are very, very, very important. We write very long captions and we include Our um, recipe in the caption, which is, I know that some bloggers have trouble with that because obviously they want to bring people to the website, but we have seen tremendous success by doing that because it, you know, it's, it's what people, that's, what's leading to people saving your posts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our posts actually have more saves than they do likes. And I, I genuinely believe that that's what drives the algorithm because it's, you know, showing Instagram that people value that content and that they want to come back to it. So again like I don't know if any of this is actually true with the algorithm but another thing that I've heard is that hashtags are not super relevant anymore but basically like writing a blog post your caption has keywords and so you know the more you write about the post and the recipe the more keywords you're getting in there and the more it's getting picked up by the algorithm and showing your content so That has been super, super important. You can look at our account if you want to see examples of what we do. We actually completely put our blog on the back burner from May till December of this year because it was just too much to do everything as I'm sure you you understand. And, And then we actually did start posting our recipes on the blog as well in December. And now we're a little bit kicking ourselves for not doing that the whole time because our blog traffic has gone up quite a lot, even though we do have them in the caption, you know, know, you're never going to make everyone happy because half the people are like, I refuse to go to a website. Like, thank you so much for putting it in the caption. And then the other half are like, I need to print this recipe. Like, why is it on your website? So we've decided to start doing both. It's a lot more work, but it just makes the most sense for sure. But captions are everything. And I really highly recommend putting at least the ingredient quantities in the caption if you don't want to do the full recipe. Yeah,
0: I think people are really divided on that topic. But I've heard the same as what you're saying, that people who do post or publish the recipes within the caption, See mm-hmm. that people are really happy about that and people engage more oh, yeah. and they're just like okay thank you thank you for putting the recipe here. And
1: for us it isn't hurting our I mean it's it's only helping our traffic. I mean we'll see in long term because we're kind of going rogue on our SEO <laughs> strategy <laughs> cuz you know these recipes that we're posting on Instagram are not exactly SEO friendly but we've just gotten to the point where we're like you know what our website we started it so much later we would have to put so much work into it to really have it pick up SEO, and we're still going to put in that work for keyword research and everything. But you know, this is this could be huge for us too. You know, you have one video go super viral on social media, and and you could make ten times what you're usually making in a month on your website. So mm-hmm. that's our strategy for now. Obviously, everyone is different, and some people might not want to do that to the website. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just I really do think caption is.
0: Is where it's at. All right. Um, anything else with your Instagram strategy?
1: There's lots of other small things. Those are really the basic things. I, I would say do not neglect Facebook at all. Um, we never posted on Facebook. I think we had like four thousand followers or something. And you know, now, now that you can post reels on Facebook, that's what we do. We just post our exact same content that we're posting on Instagram. And I mean, we've seen even more growth there than we have on TikTok. And you can monetize it, which is way better than Instagram. So definitely don't ignore Facebook. I would say that's important. And the only other thing I would say regarding TikTok is that it's a little bit of a different strategy than Instagram. And we're still kind of trying to figure that out. So if you're really ambitious, you could kind of have a a completely different content strategy for each. But, you know, even with this content that we're doing now, it's still a lot better than it was before. So,
0: okay. So what you mentioned earlier that your TikTok strategy, you do longer videos, right? What else do you do differently?
1: Yeah. So right now we're really only, the only thing we're doing differently is making the videos longer just because we want to monetize them. But, you know, I I would like to focus a little bit more on a TikTok specific strategy I know a lot of people don't think it's as valuable. We definitely don't get as many web clicks from TikTok, but I mean, I don't think that this creator fund thing is going anywhere and you can make some really good money from it. So for us, it's totally worth it to invest in putting a little bit more time into TikTok. And so I think going forward, we're probably going to try to do a little bit more content where we are you know, where I'm like actually in my kitchen cooking something and talking to the camera versus just doing a voiceover. And we'll just see how that goes. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Voiceovers are super, super important.
0: We always do a voiceover. And that's all across the platforms? Yes. We
1: don't really do any trending music. I know some people do see success with that, but I just find it kind of hard to know what music you're supposed to choose. You know, I feel like there's different ideas out yeah. there about if you're supposed to do a song that's like really trending or if you're supposed to do one that only has like right. 50,000 listening. You know, I just don't know how that works.
0: Yeah. so <laughs> That's interesting. So you do voiceovers on all of your Instagram reels.
1: Always. Oh. We've done a voiceover on every single video. We did one video without a voiceover and it totally tanked. Oh. And I noticed that as well on our, the brand account that we manage. Same thing. Wow. I think just because people, that's what really draws people in. You know, you start with a great hook and you, you know, you really, exp- it allows you to explain the recipe. It allows you to say where the rest, where people can find the recipe. It just allows you to have your own voice. And we, we, I am not a huge fan of being in my content in terms of my actual face. I've started doing it a little bit more because our agency says that we absolutely should do that for brand deals and such. But, and obviously it's good to like put a name to a face, but I got to say, like, I I think a lot, I think that's what's holding a lot of people back. I think a lot of people think like, I really don't want to be the face of this content and I'm absolutely the same way. And I did not show my face until, December of this year. And it clearly did not impact us. So like you can do it without having to, you know, take a bite of the food and pretend to smile. Pretend to
0: smile and be happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That is not necessary at all. Oh,
0: that's refreshing.
1: If you want to really work with brands and you want to, you know, become more of an actual You know, quote unquote, influencer where you're really influencing people to buy products and stuff, that's more important for sure. But if you are really just wanting to get your content out there, it's absolutely not necessary to be showing your face. Okay.
0: I think a lot of people are going to give you a big hug for that because (laughs) I do hear this all the time. People get so hung up on this point. They don't want to show themselves, so they don't do anything.
1: Yep, exactly. And I get that for sure. I I'm, i mean, you should see me right now. <laughs> like, I am not video ready right now. <laughs> most of us aren't at most no. times, I think. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I have
0: two follow-up questions. So you've mentioned the hook a few times. What is a good example of a really compelling hook?
1: Yep. So again, depends on the content for sure. If we're doing a series, like I said, we almost always just start with welcome to episode blank, blank, blank. But if it's kind of a one-off post or if we're just introducing something, I try to come up with something that's a little more interesting and sometimes is a little bit more storytelling. So for example, our first video that went viral in May was this strawberry infused vodka. And so I led off, we we made it for my wedding a few years ago. Like we actually made that for our signature cocktails. Mm -hmm. So I led off with when I got married a few years ago, we made a bunch of this strawberry infused vodka, you know, for my wedding party or for my signature cocktail and blah, 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 blah. And so that led to a lot of engagement because people were like, Oh, so what were your signature cocktails for the wedding? Like, you know, Oh, that sounds so much fun. I want to do that for my wedding. So, you know, it's not always easy to come up with something like that. That was pretty, that one was just like right there for me. (laughs) That was an easy one. But if I don't have something that's that compelling, I'll just lead off with something about how easy the recipe is. How many, you know? Oh, you only need three ingredients to make this. Like, oh, you don't need to buy store bought when you can just make this at home with three ingredients in twenty minutes. You know, that's the type of thing that is going to interest people. And then also, of course, you know, there's different trending kind of ways to do things, like the POV. You know, there's all sorts of different ways that you can do it, and I, I think most people like pretty much everyone has a little bit of a different strategy. Like some people will start every single video the same way. Mm -hmm. And then people come to know that that's their video. But we've tried a bunch of different things and a bunch of different things have worked for us and a bunch of different things haven't worked for us. So it really just, it's just
0: trial and error, to be honest. You guys must do a ton of analyzing and just like evaluating what works and what doesn't and then cross that off the list and that sort of thing.
1: Oh yeah. And I will say like, coming up with content is not easy. I think that's probably the most time consuming part of it for us. We're really really picky about what we decide to film. We'll test stuff and if we if we just have a feeling that it's not right, we even if the recipe is good, we we just scratch it and and don't even worry about it. So you you do have to be picky for sure.
0: And then what is the frequency of publishing on each platform? So
1: when we first started, we stuck to three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, usually. And we've realized since then that it really doesn't matter that much. There are some weeks we've posted two times, some weeks we've posted one time, some weeks we post every single day, sometimes twice a day, like in December. And none of those things have really negatively impacted us, which is makes me feel so good because you know, you get busy and you can only get one post up in a week and that's fine. Like it doesn't, you do not have to be posting every single day and it's the same for every platform. So that has been huge for us because before we were like, Oh my God, like we, we don't have a video for today. What are we going to do? Like, let's just post, repost something from last year. And You want to. It's much better to post less frequently and make sure that what you're posting is really good.
0: Okay, that's refreshing too. Thank you. You're taking all of these things (laughs) off our shoulders, Lexi. (laughs) I'm glad to hear. And then repurposing. Do you guys do any repurposing? We have not yet. uh,
1: We're gonna experiment with it a little bit when May comes around because you know we haven't gotten through a full season of content. We really focus. We personally really focus on seasonality for our content which makes sense since produce stuff
0: typically does well for us. But we're going to see how that does. So
1: keep you updated.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I know I just had a guest recently, Liz Douglas. She talked about Instagram, just kind of more of the nitty gritty details of what she does. And it's a little bit different than what you guys do. But one of the things she mentioned was that don't be afraid to repurpose because Instagram will like pick something up that didn't work before. So if something fails, don't take that as oh, well, that didn't work. Like try it again with different music or a voiceover or something and just experiment with that as well.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, take something that does well and change it slightly and do it again. You know, like we do that all the time. If something does well, we're like, okay, what else can we do? That's either within the same flavor profile or, you know, like we did these sorbets that went insane for us this summer. We're like, all right, we're doing six different sorbets. You know, why not? Like, take what's doing well for you. And I think that's how people should start with this start with their new strategy is take whatever has already done well for you. And even if it's not viral, you know, if it's done a lot better than your usual posts, like, that's a really good starting point. And you're going to find like 10 different strategies that could work for you. But, it, you know, it's really all about trial and error. And yeah, like that, like Liz said, you know, just, You you just have to try different formats of content and not, you know, some people are going to be posting five second videos where they're just showing the finished product and that's going to do really well for them. That doesn't do well for us, but that's
0: doing well for some people. So it's really just about figuring out
1: what works for you.
0: Yeah. And do you take any of these videos and put them on Pinterest? I have been experimenting a little bit.
1: I struggle with Pinterest. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. We have had... One that has gone pretty viral on Pinterest, which is nice. So, but I honestly just have not been able to dedicate much time to an actual strategy there yet. Yeah. And same same with YouTube Shorts. I have been posting them there, but I'm. I think it's a little bit of a different strategy there. So I just yeah. I haven't even delved into that yet. <laughs> well,
0: it sounds like you're doing enough. So have yeah. grace with yourself. Yes. yes, there's always a million. Things. Yes, I know. Is there anything we've forgotten about Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or any other socials that you want to mention? Mm-hmm. I think I covered
1: all of the really big things. But like I said, there's probably 20
0: small things that I
1: forgot to cover. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if anyone ever has any questions or anything, my DMs are always open. Awesome.
0: Well, I know I'm gonna go check out your account. It's been a while since I've looked at your account, but definitely gonna do that today. I'm curious now, but thank you. I just wanna say thank you so much for sharing this and for being willing to just, yeah, share your information and what you've learned. I know you guys have put a lot of effort and time into learning this. We just appreciate your sharing it today. No,
1: it's my pleasure. And you know, we we are kind of tossing around the idea of of working on a course if if people are interested. It's obviously a lot of work to do that. So I'm not sure if it'll actually materialize, but we do also do some consulting. So yeah. If there's anyone out there that's interested, feel free to send me an email or or anything. Cause I, I just I think it's important to share this stuff. Like we didn't know what we were doing before we started doing this and we're always learning.
0: Yes. I so agree. And I love that. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with, Lexi?
1: I'm really bad at memorization, so I don't have an exact quote, but I will just say that my kind of mantra that I, I go by all the time is just, you know, it's all about the small efforts every day. So even with this journey that we've with social media, there are definitely days and weeks where content absolutely bombs and it's obviously disappointing, but you just have to keep trying different things. And if you just, you know, apply these strategies and keep keep working at it, it's going to work out for you eventually mm. for sure. So you just gotta try to stay positive and you know stay motivated.
0: Mm, I love that. Thank you for saying that. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Lexi. If anyone wants to go look at those, head to eatblogtalk.com forward slash crowded kitchen. And why don't you tell everyone again where they can find you, Lexi?
1: Yep. So we are at crowded underscore kitchen on Instagram. Crowded Kitchen on TikTok and Facebook and CrowdedKitchen.com.
0: Thank you again so much. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.